0: cliffcentral.com uh, we have dr hanan bushkin it's gonna be okay so dr hanan we were just talking hey. about jada and will how are you
1: i'm doing great guys how are you doing
0: we're oh look why is your voice rusty doc were you screaming at the rugby
1: uh i think everybody
0: was uh what a moment
1: <laughs> for south africa south africa show sure we needed that
0: Cool. So, yeah, we we're supposed to have an open Q&A session here, but, like, I just find this Jada thing weird, Dr. Handan. Like, how does this man say, like, what, declare his love for this man? And, mm-hmm. Like, I mean, for Jada. How does, it, like, he declares his and then she brings him down at every chance she gets. What would you call that?
1: Yeah. You know, they say falling in love, and uh, I like that, uh, that term because when you fall, you're actually not in control. Uh, When emotions uh, get involved, the head just shuts down. You know, there are many people that do crazy things for love. You know, people kill for love. People take over countries for love. People start wars for love. So uh, love is a a funny emotion, uh, perhaps even more powerful than anything else. The moment you love something, you value it perhaps more than you value yourself, and your own well-being you're prepared to justify pretty much anything so i've seen some um what you would call crazy and uh, illogical things happen and people uh, when when love is at the forefront of that logic
0: so um yeah so i can understand what people do and say things like that cool dr and i don't know like so i saw this thing trending on twitter it's kind of dark so like for a monday morning, but. Speaking about people do crazy things, right? So, like, there's this story. Okay, right, I don't know. Yeah, let's just throw it out there. Northwest father arrested for allegedly raping newborn daughter. So, what is this, Dr. Hanan? This man is crazy, right? Like, that's the medical term. This man is sick in the head. Um,
1: it doesn't take much for human beings to differentiate quite clearly between rot. And wrong. There's no debate. You know, sometimes, and I give the analogy when you go to the gym, and uh, how do you know whether you're lifting a weight that's really strenuous yeah. or whether you've crossed that point where you're actually injured? And everybody says the same thing when you know, you know. And when you're injured, you just, I, n- I know it's no longer strenuous, I'm injured. And when it comes uh, to right from wrong, or differentiating right from wrong or good from evil. Human nature, we've got this in, innate, um, almost like a radar and machine inside of us that can judge it quite clearly. And this is, this, there's no question about it. There's no justification. This is just pure evil. Uh, to yeah. even give it a diagnosis, would be doing it a lot of injustice. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no justification for it. You know, a lot of people go, "Oh, it's mental health that caused X, Y, and Z." Sometimes this, especially in this kind of case, it's not mental health that caused anything. It's pure, pure evil, and there's no justification for such yeah. for such actions.
2: And it's it's such a it's obviously a very sensitive subject. Um, but it does make me remember, um. Uh, uh, An amazing documentary that I watched on a trailer park, which is reserved, preserved, Mm. reserved exclusively for um, pedophiles in America. And um, it goes quite in depth and interviews these guys. Some of them have never actually committed an act, but they know they're pedophiles. And they've removed themselves from society themselves. And yes, I see from MM, can such a person be rehabilitated? There are all those questions. But I think when it comes to the story we're referring to here, it's on another level completely. Um, is Is there brain science behind it? Again, I'm thinking maybe pure evil in this case. When you're looking at like pedophilia, there is now research into how their brains work and you are able to see physical differences. But, again, how far are we going to actually justify something like this, like you said? Yeah.
1: Yeah. You know what, guys? The, the truth is human beings, we have some really – and we allow ourselves to have some really, let's call it, twisted um, or let's call it abnormal fantasies. And that's okay. You know, some people mm-hmm. fantasize about all weird and wonderful things. But we still keep to the bounds of what civilized society would deem is acceptable we ask for permission we engage in conversations we meet the other person in a in a manner that's appropriate for the other person for the relationship but sometimes these fantasies cross the line of inappropriateness where you actually subject somebody to mental physical uh, emotional spiritual trauma and rape and uh, that is that is when it crosses the line and it's no longer something that i would no longer consider mental illness but a complete unjustified sickness um so can a person like that be uh, rehabilitated the the fantasies i'm okay with i'm okay with any fantasy you know as long as you keep it in your head or you keep it on the bounds of kind of what's appropriate for you and your group but the moment you act on it and you have an urge to act on it that is when you should seek medical advice can that person be rehabilitated well it works on a spectrum. The people that are kind of mildly uh, attracted and are mildly, let's um, call it, geared towards that kind of action can be. The people where it's a lot more severe and they've already actioned such fantasy, it's a lot more difficult, even impossible. Yeah.
0: That's pretty much it, Doug. But yeah, like some people, some people mentioned the Jada thing and Hardy Dave says it's codependency. Can you explain codependency in terms of like from a relationship point of view? And is that really healthy? So codependency is where the two people
1: actually depend on one another for emotional survival, spiritual survival, physical survival. And codependency has a negative connotation, but it doesn't have to be so. Sometimes we codepend on one another. Think about a good relationship with the boss. You codepend on one another. I think about a codependency between a child and a parent um, in a healthy way that is quite healthy. Think about a codependency between partners or between any relationship or a relationship. If you codepend on one another in healthy ways, and, and I'll define what healthy means, Healthy means where the rules are clear and we both agree to the rules of the game. So a, a healthy relationship and a healthy codependency where the rules are clear and every party in that game agrees to the rules of the game. But the moment the codependency is based on rules that are unclear or based on a power struggle, one person takes control over the other person without their permission, that no longer is deemed healthy. So codependency can be healthy if the rules are clear and everybody agrees to the rules and everybody plays by the rules. But when it's the opposite, then it's incredibly unhealthy.
2: Talking about the rules of the game um, and perhaps tending towards a a lighter outro to what we're talking about today. But uh, watching the rugby, as I mentioned over the weekend, in the presence of two primary school kids, who were much more abusive of the opposing team than I would have cared to have been. Sort of, you know, we hate we hate the English and these fists in the air. But what was also quite um, interesting to observe was that the adults were allowed to swear during the match and look like you won't believe, and it was allowed only during the match. So that that got me thinking about... How how damaging, if at all, is swearing in front of children at a young age? Um, how would it change their mindset or psychology as they're very impressionable and growing up, you know, swear words? Um, and is it okay as a parent or as a group of adults to say, listen, we're going to look, it's, it's going to be rough out there, but you mustn't do it and we'll stop at a certain time? Is that like fair?
1: So I always tell my adult patients that come here for uh, their children that I, I can't tell you what's right and wrong for your family, but what I can tell you is this. Our job as parents is to guide and ensure that our kids are ready for the real world. And for that, we've got to mimic the real world. We can't expect to put them in a vacuum until they're 18 and then expect them to go out into the real world with real rules with real rewards with real consequences with real accountability with real rejection and real hurt and expect them to manage it we got to expose them to age appropriate real rules and real rewards and real consequences and real accountability so if swearing is i certainly don't want my kids to be afraid uh, when they hear somebody swear But to one parent, it might be, you know what, that's not appropriate for my world and I don't want my child to be exposed to it. Okay, well, if you think that you can put your child in a vacuum once they enter into the real world and have them okay with not hearing it or think that they won't hear it, well, then that's okay. Then guide your children, give them a small sample of what the world looks like when they leave the house. But for most parents, they go, well, I want my child to not fear it. I'm not going to expose them to what they are more capable uh, more more than capable in, in handling. Uh, but I want them to understand what it is, how to deal with it, uh, age appropriately. So in short, what's right for one family is wrong for another, but prepare your children for the real world. Once
0: they leave. Exactly. Yeah. Dr. Hanan, exactly. And joking, atheist says he has a codependency with coffee. Same here, but I'm cutting off.
2: Well, coffee doesn't depend on you.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, that is true. That is true. So, yeah. So, as we hit the top of the hour, nice seeing you, Doc. Always a pleasure. Thanks. Uh, thanks, guys. Have a wonderful weekend. You too, Doc. Okay. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.